record, Ed, I would give you as much time as you wanted whenever you wanted it. Well, I was going in one direction, and then Holy Spirit and Ed messed everything up, and so, well, now that I'm on staff, it's different, right? I can do whatever I want to. Is that how it works? You've already voted, so I can make whatever mess I need to and just talk to Rodney tomorrow. Is that how these things work? Um, I do want to say thank you. I, I just want to kind of fill you in a little bit of where I'm at. Um, coming on staff is probably about a 16, 17-year dream of mine. Um, you know, I, I've been saying ever since, you know, we got back, man, the Lord has something waiting for you in 2020. Uh, and I'm not just saying this out of personal experience, even though we have experienced it, but it is a word from the Lord. And then when Miss Debbie got up and said, hey, the word she's feeling, she's feeling this year's favor, it is the word of the Lord. Um, and I could, I mean, just from this week alone, I could give you multiple testimonies about how the Lord has, has intervened, um, earlier, we were trying to re-budget. We are trying to restructure a little bit because we spend way too much money on food, but um, it's a southern way. We can't help ourselves. And so we're trying to restructure. And so everything's been a little tight because we're trying to restructure our numbers. And, and she texted me right before we went into the deacons meeting and said, hey, we just got this huge check in the mail from when we closed on our house like three or three months ago. They had already sent us a check, but apparently they forgot to send us the rest of it, so they sent us another one. Um, so we went mad about that. Uh, yeah, and then uh, this week we found out Nikki's car stopped working about two weeks ago. So we took it in the shop, and we're trying to figure out, like, all right, my truck and her car went out at the same time. Uh, and so we're like, well, this is not fun. So they called me in my truck and said, hey, this part that's bad is actually under warranty, even though I bought it used and I don't have a warranty. So don't worry about it. Ford's going to cover it. It's not going to cost you anything. Uh, so I go and pick it up, and then they, they call us about Nikki's car, which is nine years old. It said, hey, we think the engine's out. We're just going to put a new engine in it because it's under your warranty, even though we're out of warranty. And just go pick up a rental on us, and we'll call you in a week or so. So they're going to put a brand-new engine in a nine-year-old car, so that feels like the Lord. But, um, <laughs> but, I, but I can go into all these things, and, and literally we have a list of things that the Lord showed up on. Uh, but honestly, my biggest one is this moment, is being able to stand up here uh, as staff uh, in my home, being able to do this, which has been... Again, the fulfillment of a long, long dream. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't cry, so I need you to sit down before you create something. Um, uh, whatever. So, ne next subject. Um, you know, for for years we've had we've had other churches reach out and offer us staff positions and this and that. Uh, and I've always turned them down because the only place that I would ever, when I would dream with the Lord about getting up and preaching, it was always here. Never anywhere else, being on staff at Bethel for four plus years. Never once did I think, man, one day I'll be on staff at Bethel as a pastor. It would, one day I would be on staff at Auburn Heights as a pastor. Um, so he's good at what he does. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. I don't know why he wanted to wait 16, 17 years. Uh, I've had this discussion with Wayne. I've had it with Rodney. We've, we've had it multiple times over the years, but the seasons change, right? Seasons come and seasons go, and the Lord is faithful in what he does. And so I just want to say thank you for being a part of that. Thanks for saying yes. Uh, the ones of you that had to bite your tongue and not say no, I appreciate that. Uh, let the Lord bless you, so hopefully it's good. Uh, if you want to object now, you can do whatever you want to, because apparently it's still official. So, um, so Rodney asked me to speak on authenticity, because that's the word of the year. And, and when he asked me, I was like, I can preach on that. 
uh, because authenticity, especially authentic Christianity, has been uh, a key form in my life since I met Jesus when I was 15. Uh, I'm 34, so you can do the math. Uh, what is that, almost 20, 19 years? Um, so, man, time flies when you're moving across the country. Um, so I got saved at 15 at a church here in town, uh, which was a whole God thing anyway in itself. Um, we were at church. I didn't want to go to church. My dad and I, and actually, I don't even know if he remembers this. My dad's here. We got in an argument, and uh, my dad's one of those guys that you don't, you don't argue with, right? It's kind of like it is his way or it's his way. Those are the two options. And uh, I remember he was getting us ready for church one morning, and uh, I'd gotten this big thing. I think I was dating this girl, and it just, you know how it is. You're 15, you're dating a girl, your hormones are all over the place, you're making stupid choices. And, and uh, I remember having this thought, like, I wonder if I could run up the street to call my mom to come pick me up before my dad realized that I left, and he comes and, and beats me to death. Uh, and that was a fleeting thought. It happened for a few seconds and quickly left. The Lord, the Lord intervened and, and gave me some wisdom. And uh, anyway, he tells me, hey, you're going to get in the truck. Either you're going to get in the truck or I'm going to put you in the truck. And so I willingly got in the truck, and uh, we get to church, and I was, I was mad at everybody, you know, for whatever reason, and uh, my Sunday school teacher was one of the sweetest ladies ever, and I remember walking into the Sunday school class, and her super sweet older lady, hey, Lonnie, and I just didn't even say anything, I just blew right past her, and I remember when I walked by, like, feeling like, oh, like my dad would smack me in the head if he saw that right now. Uh, anyway, I went to this whole, like, service, and we're in the church, and I'm just ready to get home, right? I'm just ready to be done with the service. And I remember, I don't even remember what the, uh, the pastor preached on, I don't remember what was going on, um, but I remember hearing him start to do a, a salvation call, like an altar call. You know, it's a nice Southern Baptist church, so you can't end a service without doing an altar call, right? And um, I remember everybody had their eyes closed, and when I opened my eyes, I was about halfway down the aisleway, and my legs were moving in a direction that the rest of me didn't want to go in. And I don't remember getting up, I don't remember anything, I just remember opening my eyes and looking back and my dad and grandmother, my stepmom were back there, and it was kind of this help me look. You know, I didn't know what was going on, but I knew where I was being pulled to. And I remember meeting with this, one of the pastors and going back to a back room and, and accepting Jesus. Um, and my dad always raised me, if you're going to do something, you do it all the way, right? Do it all the way or don't do it at all. And so that was my mentality. So when I got saved, I devoured the Bible. Uh, I mean, I jumped head in at 15, going on 16, and I just was, I was in it. And, um, and so what happens, I started reading the Bible, and I got into the New Testament, and I read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I read through Hebrews, and I started getting into First and Second Corinthians, and I read through Acts, and I started having a lot of questions. I started reading the Bible, and a lot of the stuff that Jesus was saying and doing and the disciples were doing, I wasn't seeing it in the church I was at. As a matter of fact, I wasn't even hearing about it. And when I would ask somebody, hey, um, what's going on? Um, why is all the stuff that Jesus is talking about I, I, where I'm seeing it? And who knows what the response is just about every time. It's not for today. It's not for today. It's not relevant for today. That was just for the apostles and, and them. It's not, not relevant to us. And so, I, I, you know, when you hear something and it automatically in your spirit kind of you're like, that's, that's a load of crap. That's not true. And like at 15, when they would tell me this, I'm like, man, it just doesn't sit with me. It just, there's something about it just didn't feel like, why would God give us the Bible that we believe cover to cover and give us all these things that are hypotheticals for us, right? Hey, this is just, we're showing you what you could have done if you lived 2,000 years ago, <laughs> all right? If you were one of the lucky 12, you could have been a part of this, but now you just have to read the stories, and we'll tell you about it when you get to heaven. 
And so, man, it would just irk me. It, it would really fr- frustrate. It got to the point, I, I still remember this conversation one day. Uh, I was alone with the Lord, and I was probably about 16. And, uh, and I said, God, if this isn't real, if this stuff that I'm reading about is not real, I want you to just go ahead and take me to heaven. And I was 100% serious. Uh, and I'm not talking about suicide or anything crazy. I'm talking about, like, if this isn't real, if you're telling me this is all the stuff that happened, but I can't do any of it, I can't experience it, what's the point? Then the best part of this life is just me getting to heaven, right? There, what's the point of being here? And, and I remember something in that moment where I just felt this, this sense of encouragement. Like, I felt like, but wait. You, you never have those moments, those dot, dot, dot moments, and you're like, oh. Like, I, I hit something, but I knew the Lord was up to something. And so I would just start reading and reading, and then I, started, I, I, I met a couple of girls that went here, uh, Ellen and Lake and Kaysen, at, at high school. And one day in conversation at lunch table, they started sharing a testimony about how somebody got here, uh, healed at their church. And I was like, excuse me? And so I started asking questions, you know, because I'm like, That's, that can't be true because nobody's talking about this stuff. And, and they went to a Baptist church, Auburn Heights Baptist Church. I mean, that can't happen at a Baptist church. And so I would ask them, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, and they would start telling me a couple of stories. And then again, this was back in 2002, something like that. And, um, and so I was like, okay. And so I remember they would invite me, and so I started coming and, and uh, ended up dating a girl here. And the Lord uses all sorts of things to, to trap you where he wants you. And, uh, you know, but like the Lord is good in, in, his, in his timing. And, and in that moment, man, the, the thing that I needed the most was, was hearing that, hey, this stuff is actually relevant. It's happening. It's possible. Was I seeing it? Nope. But was I hearing that it was happening from people I valued and trusted? Yeah, and that's all I needed. I, I needed to know that, hey, this stuff does exist. Um, I remember somebody saying one time, like, you got to watch out for the devil. And I'm like, at this age, I remember thinking, is the devil in the business of healing people? Like, is that, am I as a teenager having this conversation with an adult that we now have to justify that the devil has now switched sides and he's now healing people because he wants to deceive you? And I'm like, anyway, that's a whole other rabbit trail that I won't go down. But, but saying all that is that I started to, to get passionate about what Christianity was called to be. Not, not what we do at church, you know. I, I thought it was like the, the trifecta, right? If you show up for a Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, you know, the trifecta, now you, you, you've achieved it. You, you have done the pinnacle of all Christianity. You're now holier. If, if you attend Sunday school, that's like A++. And so that's what I would view going to church, doing Christianity. That's what I thought it was for a long time. Uh, and it would aggravate me to no end. If you know me, religion and me do not, you know, religion sees the devil in everything. And I, I don't get along with that. So if, if you're religious, I will rub you in a way that you don't enjoy. I, I will poke at things and you will not like it. I have to refrain sometimes. My wife has taught me a lot of grace over the years. It's taken her 14 years, and she's still working on me. But um, I just don't. Religion robs you of what's what's truly yours. And so, you know, just seeing that, I, I just begin to kind of build this hope, anticipation. I started reading this stuff. We'll, we'll put up. Um, this is what I would always come back to: Matthew 10, 7 and 8. Um, and and this is Jesus. So so you know how to. If you hear stuff, and you're like, I don't know if that's the Lord. All right, go back. Is it in the Bible? Yes. And then if Jesus said it, it's an extra yes, right? You know, if it's in red, you're good to go. And so this is in red, so you can feel safe that it's actually the Lord's word. Uh, and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, 
cast out demons, you receive without pay, give without pay. Or you freely receive, you freely give. And I was looking, I was like reading this stuff, and I'm like, heal the sick. All right, like maybe someone's popping some aspirin when they have a headache. Like, is that what we're talking about? And that didn't feel right, and I wasn't seeing anybody get healed. Raise the dead, that was so far out of my spectrum of like, yeah, that was, that was you know, Bible time stuff. That doesn't even happen anymore because nobody wants to talk about that stuff. Cleanse the lepers, I don't even know a leper, so this stuff can't be real, right? Uh, cast out demons, you don't even talk about demons in a church, right, because that's too far out. And so I would read this stuff, and it would just, it would rub me, right? It would just kind of irk me, like, man, if this is going on, um, what's, my, what's my responsibility for it? Because you understand that everything you, you read in the Bible and the Lord gives you interpretation and, and, and discernment on, you now have a responsibility to it. Let me say that again. Everything that you read in the Bible and the Lord convicts you, the Lord gives you interpretation and discernment on, you now have a responsibility for. All right. And so I would read this stuff and I would understand that this is what I was called to do. Uh, but, you know, in a Baptist church, if you ask, can I lay my hands on you to pray for you to see if Jesus heals you, that's automatically like, let's go meet in the back and let's see if we can find you another church to go attend. And so that's stuff you don't do, right? And so anyway, I started coming here and I started hearing stuff and, and uh, I could get into a whole long process, but um, I always joke, I've probably mentioned Gail Gentry's name a hundred times on the other side of the country, but uh, I can, there's a lot of pivotal people in my world that have, that have shaped me, you know, my dad, my grandparents, these two, Rodney and Debbie Mitchell, like I can go through a lot, but I remember a lot of what I am now is, has teetered off Gail Gentry. Uh, she gave a Bill Johnson CD to Rodney Mitchell when I was working at Hammett Steel. Rodney came to pick me and I think Scott and a few others up for lunch. And we were riding, I can still remember, we were crossing the train tracks over there by Hammett Steel and Bill Johnson was playing. And you said, yeah, Gail gave me these CDs from a conference. And by the time we got to Hog Rock, I was so, I was so hungry. I didn't understand probably 90% of what this guy was talking about, but I was hungry. And I was like, oh, that's, that's the kingdom. You know, at this time of my life, I'm listening to, and this is nothing wrong with any of these people, I'm listening to like Joel Olstein and Jesse Duplantis and Creflo Dollar, like, and I'm talking about listening, like my eight-hour workday would consist of headphones in, working on the computer, listening to, to these sermons. And that's where I was at. And some of that stuff I didn't even quite fully grasp. But man, when I heard Bill Johnson and talking about kingdom reality, kingdom principles, that was it. That, I knew like that was my drumbeat. Like that, that's where someone's talking about what I'm reading about, and that, that's, that's good for me. And uh, that's sort of this whole process. Uh, but all that kind of tells back into tonight about talking about what is authentic Christianity. It, it is the Bible. We understand that, right? Uh, I'll encourage you, and I'll encourage you again before we leave, is read through the Gospels. Read through Acts. If you make it through those five books and you still don't, don't believe, come chat with me. We'll, we'll have some conversations. I'll share some testimonies. And uh, we'll see if we can work it out. But, but in order to get that, how many of you have made it to where God's called you to be? Right? We, we're all still trying to get there. And the thing is, a lot of, a lot of people feel fear change. They think it's a scary word, right? I, I, I love change. I have to be careful. Nikki will shake her head. I tend to thrive off change. After a long season, I will find myself hunting, like looking for something to change. Uh, and that's just how I'm wired. That's, I'm a very forward-driven. Um, I'm much like Rodney Mitchell in this. My dad is the same way. So two of the guys that, you know, had influence in raising me. It's their fault, not mine. Uh, but I am very, I, I'm at A, and I'm already looking at Z. That's just how I, and I, I, and I can tell you all the other dots that get there. Um, 
But in that, you know, when you're looking at that stuff and you're kind of being that forward-driven, it, it has a flip side, right? You have to slow down. You have to kind of understand that. But I, I'm looking at this stuff, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how, how we as a church, how we as a community get from where we're at to where we're called to be. And you can't do it without change, right? Uh, at least I haven't figured that out. If you can just magically get, get there, congratulations. Please come let me know the trick. Um, but people fear change. It gets uncomfortable. But you can look at change like this. You can either look at this change as a, um, a tool, as a train that gets you to your destination, or you can look at it as something that just runs you over. All right. It's a train one way or the other. Either you can be in it or you can be on the track. There's a good place and a bad place. Right? And I've seen both. And I've probably been on both sides of it. But I encourage you, don't be intimidated by change. Because you're not going to get, uh, you're not going to become authentic. You're not going to become who you're called to be without it. Right? Change will lead you to your destination. So with that, I, I want to, can we go to, uh, let's, can we pull up the John 14 verse? This is another one I want to share with you. And this is, this is probably my, does anybody, you have a cornerstone verse? Like you have one that you just go back to that like, it just, you can point a lot of things back to it. Well, this right here is mine. For years it has been mine, and it's one that's mind-boggled me and excited me. Uh, but I'll let you use it. You can't keep it. You need to get your own, but I'll let you borrow this one for tonight. So it says, truly, truly, I say to you, and again, this is Jesus. It's in red letters, so you can feel safe. It's the Lord. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And this isn't talking about his carpentry class. This isn't talking about, you know, any of those stuff. This is talking about what you've read in the Bible up to this point, right? What you've read about the miracles, the signs and wonders, the healings that he's done. So whoever, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. And, and that point right there, I can't tell you how many. I've, I've read that one verse more than any other verse in the Bible. Uh, I've had times where I literally probably read that thing a hundred times, and that's all I read in the Bible that day. I just read that. Because it so impacts me, and do greater works than these, because I'm going to the Father. I mean, we, we do remember some of the stuff Jesus did, right? He turned water into wine. Why? Uh, you know, he, he, yeah, he walked on water. He walked through a wall. I mean, we can get, like I said, the Lord has done some crazy stuff, and he's saying that you'll do greater stuff than these. But, but that would never preach in a lot of the, the churches and a lot of places, right? Because that's uncomfortable. That, that requires change. That requires something out of me. That requires me saying, hey, I actually don't, uh, don't understand it fully. I don't really fully understand how to get there, which is the whole point, right? You can't do it without the Lord, without the Holy Spirit. And then two, when people ask me, well, what does that look like? Why is it every time you pray for somebody, they don't get healed? I don't know, boss. You've got, you got to ask God. I'm still figuring it out. And so it causes you to lose control, right? I can't control this. It's up to the Lord. So we go to the next verse. Um, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I don't care what your view is on signs, wonders, miracles, all that stuff, but all of that should point back to the Father. The focal point is always the Father. Always, always, always. Even Jesus, I think it's in Matthew, Jesus uh, is talking to the disciples, and he says, even if they don't, don't agree, and I'm going to kind of bash this up a little bit, even if they don't know that I am sent by the Father, the works, the signs, the miracles that I've done will show them. Are you understanding that? 
the, the stuff that Jesus did, even if they didn't know that he was who he said he was, when he walks in and he heals somebody, they know. Because up to that point, it hasn't happened, right? In 400 plus years, they haven't even really heard from the Lord. And so now you have Jesus. And so I'm telling you all this because I want to I build a foundation for this point. Um, Jesus is still who he says he is. The stuff in the Bible is exactly the same truth that it was when it was written, uh, that it was relevant when he was here walking the earth. It's still relevant. And for us to get where we want to go, we're going to have to understand this. And not only understand it, but we're going to have to start operating in it. And that's the scary part, right? That's the scary part. How many of you ever prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed? Right? And just about everybody? Do you know why? Still figuring that one out, right? So you don't have to have an answer to everything, but you do need to have an action. All right? So you follow the Lord and do what the Lord has called you to do will get you into places that you need to go. You waiting around and I need, a, I need an explanation? Good luck. I, I think of the verse where Jesus, uh, the disciples, you know, Jesus makes a statement, um, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And he comes, what's the first thing he says to the disciples? Are you offended? Offense will take you to places that you don't want to hang out in. They'll shortchange you every day of the week. And so the first question he asks the disciples, are you offended? That sounds like a relevant word for today. But offense, offense is okay if you don't stay in it, right? All right? You're not going to be comfortable with everything. If you are, you're probably not growing. If you don't have some uncomfortable, you know, uncomfortable moments, you're probably not growing. You're probably not being stretched. But being offended is not a big deal. It's what you do with the offense. Just like fear, right? Fear is a good motivator, but fear isn't a good uh, companion to hang out with, right? It'll, it'll motivate you just like pain, all right? If you put your, hot, your hand on that hot stove one time, it'll motivate you not to do it a second time, but you don't want to always live in fear that you can never use the stove. All right. So again, there's always places for it. It's just, who are we looking to, right? Who are we looking to? Man, I am going way over time. Just realize that. All right. Um, so this is what I want to do, I think. I think. The only way we're going to get to where God's called us to, do, to go is by action, Right? We can talk about it. I can preach from it. Ronnie can preach from it. You can go listen to a bunch of Bethel podcasts and stuff, and that's all great. But until we're actually doing it, it doesn't really matter, right? Um, and it's not always going to work out the way you want it to because it's not about you, right? All right, good reminder for us. Um, so this is what I want to do. I want everybody to stand up. All right. First thing, I want you to put your hand on your heart because this is real spiritual when you do that. It's what I've, what I've heard. Yeah. And what I want you to do is I want you to use your words, and just like Ed talked about, I want you to invite the Holy Spirit. Because I don't care how great you are, you're not efficient without the Holy Spirit. All right? Even if you could do stuff without him, it won't last, and you're going to make a mess of it. So this one, in your own words, out loud, I want you to invite the Holy Spirit. All right. Now the other thing is, if you have if you have pain in your body, if you have uh, if you've been diagnosed with something, you don't have to get into all the details. I just want you to raise your hand. 
All right. All right, so keep your hand raised just real quick. Uh, if your hand isn't raised, I want you to look around to who's around you, and I want you to go to them. So try not to pile up on one person, because we have a lot of hands raised. Some of you with your hands raised, you may, you may have to pull double duty. All right. Is everybody, everybody got somebody? Good. All right. So this is what I want you to ask. You're going to pray for them. You're going to pray for Jesus to heal them. Saying, hey, I don't know how to do that. Fantastic. You're in a great place. That means you have to require on the Holy Spirit. You don't have to get complex. I don't want long, weird prayers. Just telling Jesus, hey, your will be done. Because this is the thing, right? He says, Kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's all we're going for. So I want you to pray for that, that God heals it. So go ahead. All right, so go ahead and wrap up those prayers. Now ask the person, if you, if you had pain in your body, if you had something going on that you can actually test, try to test it out. Now don't jump off the balcony or do anything crazy up there because I don't want to have to get Travis's medical experience on you, but, uh, but I want you to test it out. All right, if you've noticed any increase in uh, pain leaving, raise your hand. Come on, okay. Two, so two, three, all right. So was anybody, was it 100% gone? Did anybody have 100% of it leave? Just partial? All right, this, we're going to do it real quick. We're going to pray one more time. Jesus even prayed twice, so it's okay. Again, I just want it quick. Just a couple of seconds. You don't have to get long. We'll pray for it one more time. Okay. All right, test it again. Is there any other improvements? Okay. Well, Jesus, we thank you for the three. God, we thank you for the improvements. We thank you that you're doing stuff beyond what we can see. And God, we just trust and celebrate your testimony and the healings that are happening. So this is part of it, right? This is, this is part of it. We, if we want to be a kingdom church, if we want to go after it, we have to do it together. It's great having a ministry team and all that stuff is very relevant and necessary, but sometimes you need to be the ministry team. Because, we're, you know, Roddy doesn't send our intercessors with you when you go to Walmart or when you're hanging out. There may be times when you actually have to do the work, right? You have to come in and actually be the, uh, the middleman in between them and the Holy Spirit. And that's okay. So there will be many more conversations that we have. You'll learn one thing about me. This is, this is my message. This is my drum that I will pound until the Lord takes me to heaven. And then he'll ask me to stop talking about it because he's showed me more. So um, this is, you voted me in. It's your fault if you don't like it. Uh, there's a there's 1800 well, 1800 other churches around here. We can give you directions to those if you don't like it. That's okay. Um, this is Roddy. Roddy may not agree. I, I'm sorry. He's way more pastoral than I am because he's the boss and I am I'm not. So uh, so so please please stay here. Uh, but if you don't, come see me and I'll give you some directions. Uh, this is the thing. We're growing. Things are going to happen. The kingdom is coming. Just like Ed talked about. Roddy talked about this morning. The kingdom is coming. It's one of those continuous, it shows up and it still comes. It's a very complex thing, but you're part of it. And so I just encourage you, 
Honestly, in the next couple of weeks, the one thing I will encourage you, go back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Acts. If you have other reading, if you feel like it's okay to put no pause, go and read those and ask the Lord, is this true for me? All the stuff you said and read, is this still relevant to today? It may shake you up a little bit. All right? All right, I love you. Thank you again. You're, uh, you're stuck with me now until Rodney fires me. Um, and then we'll, we'll see if we can have a, a get-together and talk about it. Amen.